you're doing well. You guys have had an awesome weekend so far. I know it's going to be even better with Class Wars tonight. Hope you all are excited. Um, so, I'm pretty sure it was a, a junior in high school at the time. And uh, now keep in mind, this is a, a pre-cell phone era, okay, uh, where my parents couldn't text or call me at any time. Um, and my, my parents were out this one evening, and uh, one of my buddies calls me up and was like, hey, we should go hang out. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. It was a, I don't know, Friday, Saturday night. And I'm like, yeah, let, let's go. And we had this whiteboard uh, at my parents' house, and I just was supposed to like leave a note to my parents if I was doing something. And I just wrote, like, out with Tom, won't be out back, to, oh, won't be too late. And so Tom, my other buddy and I, Avi, you know, the three of us go out, and we went and got some wings or something like that. It was, it was one, of those, uh, one of those places that would give you, like, free peanuts. And so we'd have all the, and then you throw the shells on the table. But yeah, yeah uh, like, like five guys. And we were being, we were being goofy and stupid. And, you know, we're eating the peanuts, and you got to, like, crack the peanuts in unique ways. And so we're, like, banging our heads on the table to crack, crack them. Anyway, I, I feel kind of sorry for our, our waiter that evening. Um, but as we were eating, my friend Tom starts talking about Bunny Man Bridge. I'm like, Bunny Man Bridge? What is Bunny Man Bridge? And, like, the intrigue in my mind just, like, like starts to grow. And... Um, He's like, yeah, man, there was this, this guy who escaped from a mental institution who's kind of crazy, and he dressed up in this bunny suit, and he went around murdering all these people, and then he would string them up under this bridge and skin them alive. And, and I'm like, whoa. Now, truth of the matter is, it is there was a guy in like the early 70s that there was a few sightings of a, of a guy in a bunny suit in Clifton, uh, which is kind of South Fairfax County. Um, all this stuff about people being skinned alive, and that's like totally urban legend and, and myth. Um, but anyway, he's like talking about it, and we're a bunch of guys just talking about being like goofy and stupid, and we're like, dude, this is so cool. We got to go check out Bunny Man Bridge. Let's go right now. Okay. Now, the thing was, like, we started talking about this kind of goofy topic, right? And then, after like a half hour of talking about urban legends, we then are like so excited. We've got to go, go do this. And now, in the back of my mind, I'm like, if I do this, I'm sure this is probably not going to work out so well for me because in terms of, I wrote that note, won't be back too late. Um, and I'm like, and I can't like text my parents. I should have found a payphone or something like that. Didn't do any of that. But I'm like, let's go. I just got so obsessed with Bunny Man Bridge. Um, and now, so me, the three of us decided to drive out there in the south of Clifton. Now this is the pre-GPS days, so we kind of get lost. But we finally find uh, we finally find Bunny Man Bridge in the middle of the night. And we walked around for a little bit and had a, like, you know, I don't remember one of the three was like, there he is! And we like, ah! And I'm like, no, he's not there. We're just being stupid. Have a good time. But it's now, like, well after midnight. Um, and I'm finally, like, I pull into, pull into our, our house, and my, Tom drives me off, and I, I get out. And what do you know? My dad is like at the door, like freaking out. He was like, I was thinking I should have called the police to file a missing person report, you know. And I'm, I'm pretty sure all three of us got in some sort of trouble. But my point, my point is, 
Um, overall, it's pretty innocent, dumb uh, high school fun. But we got so involved kind of talking about this, this urban legend, this myth, and all this sort of stuff, so worked up about those things, that we followed that for a little while, even though I knew that it probably was not the smartest of things uh, to do. And in the end, it led to pain for myself uh, and those around me. And as we're in this series on Second, uh, Second Timothy, uh, as we're talking about this, this concept of maturity, remember when Lee kicked off the series a few weeks ago, we're like, hey, it's really easy to see maturity when we're talking about trees or uh, things like that, right? You know, you got the you know, tree that's only a couple years old versus a tree that's a few hundred years old, and you see it based on size. But in humans, age and size does not equal uh, equal maturity. Um, you can meet, we have met some really old people that are pretty immature and some young ones that are very, uh, very mature. And when Lee kind of kicked off week one, he said, said a few lines I just want to highlight. He says, we all have this choice to make. We'll either grow and become mature by the way we handle life circumstances, how we handle the obstacles and the challenges before us, or we will continue to reign immature by the way we handle those. Like, we all are going to face circumstances. We're all going to face noise in our lives. We're all going to face other people's influence in our lives. And how we handle that will define whether or not we become mature. And he said this, maturity is, is really defined by my aim in life. Ultimately, if Christ isn't dwelling in you, then your maturity uh, will always be aiming at the wrong thing. And now when Lee was talking about kind of the aim, he talks a lot about kind of where we spend our time and, uh, and, and what's my aim of my life based on what I'm investing uh, my time in. And in a similar manner today, I want to talk about the friends, the influences that we have around us. This we, we all have to deal with a, a certain level of, of kind of noise from our society, from our parents, uh, from our schools, from our friends. Uh, they are all having some sort of influence on us, some sort of noise, whether it's from social media or my, my friends or my teachers or YouTube or whatever. And the reality is, if all I'm hearing is garbage and immaturity, I'm going to be really foolish to think that I'm going to miraculously and somehow mature. And today we're going to see this contrast between someone constantly arguing and, and fighting over, over words and all this noise in your life versus someone who is actively pursuing the Lord and a relationship with the Lord. And, um, and here's really the key question I want us to be thinking about today. What are my friends and influences talking about? Again, as we have this noise in our life, those influences in our life that are affecting us, what are they talking about and what are they pointing us towards? What is the aim of, of those conversations? And we all know this. If all you ever did in life was watch Dora the Explorer and Paw Patrol, you're not going to mature. Pick whatever like kid, kid cartoon or thing like that, right? If, you're, if I'm stuck with that as, as the only influence there, there's going to be some limit to my maturity. And in the same way, if the influences in your life, if the friends in your life are questionable, and the tastes and what they think in media uh, leave something to be desired, it's going to be really hard 
for me to mature. Now, since we're talking a little bit about noise and, 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 and what people are saying, I got, I just got a little game, a little activity to, to, to get us all ready to go. Okay. Um, so what we're going to do, I'm going to quickly kind of go through this passage in 2 Timothy uh, today. And, then, and as we do, we're going to list some of the qualities of maturity and immaturity. And then after I kind of quickly walk through it, I'm going to spend some more time breaking it down. Remember the context here? The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. Uh, and, and Timothy is, is, is now kind of taking ownership, taking leadership uh, within, uh, within the church. Okay, And he's really challenging him and encouraging on, this is how you are to lead, uh, lead the church. So he starts, whoops, in verse 14. It says, remind them of these things, and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as, an appro- as a, one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So, as we start out and kind of, we're going to see this contrast between the mature and immature. You see, the, the mature person is one who's, who's able to correctly handle God's Word, correctly handle the Bible, understands it. He's a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed. Um, and then, on the flip side, the immature person is one who's quarreling about words. Okay? Um, and then he continues in verse 16. But avoid irreverent babble, for it lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hermionus and Philetus, who have uh, swerved. There we go. i got to check my eyes. Swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. And he says here, this, this immature person is someone who engages in irreverent babble. Now, you might be like, well, what, what is irreverent babble? Okay. Anyone, can anyone define the word irreverent? Irreverent. Yes. Unimportant. Unimportant okay. Maybe a little bit. Uh, Sarah. Uh, okay. Without respect. That's a good, good addition there. Sonny. Okay, I'm not really thinking about it or mocking it. Okay, this table is all about it. Eliana. Like in a mocking way, like Sarah said, without respect, we're also like without acknowledging who you are. Okay, mocking, without respect, uh, things like that. You know, uh, yesterday I was at uh, Noah Smith and Sarah, now Sarah Smith's wedding, um, and it was exciting to be there. And but now to go to a wedding, I'm wearing a suit to the wedding, and I, but if I went. If I was in the middle of Noah's wedding, right, and I'm like, I don't want to wear a suit. I'm just wear some like cut, you know, holy jeans that I wear gardening. I got a you know kind of dirty T-shirt on. It's got some holes in it. In the middle of the wedding, I'm like started chanting, "Let's go, Noah! Woo! Yeah, buddy!" Okay, that would be irreverent. I mean, he's taking his vows. Do you solemnly, you know, promise to to love and to hold and to cherish? And I'm like, yeah, no, woo! Okay, that would be irreverence, right? There's a there's a sacredness there. There's a there's a holiness there, right? Um, and um, and I'm not treating it with respect. And he's saying this. They're just talking about disrespectful things. They're talking in a disrespectful manner, whether they're uh, whether that's profanity, things like that. Where it's this disrespectful speech uh, that he's 
that he's talking about. And I think you can probably think about now what that might look like in your world. He continues and says in verse 19, but God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the Lord, the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. He's saying the mature person is someone who avoids sin. And again, you notice he says departs from iniquity. There's this, this going to be this active moving away from sin and this active pursuit uh, of the Lord. Where he said, remember, I want to be an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed. I'm doing my best to do that. Continues in verse 20, he says, Now in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for use for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful for, uh, to the master's house, ready for every good work. You know, and he's, he's making this contrast here uh, between um, in, uh, in my family, uh, for a long time in our minivan, we would have a puke bowl, okay? There's a certain number of, uh, of my children who are not in this room um, who, who struggled the most uh, with motion sickness. And now, if I had that bowl, right, it was set aside for a dishonorable use, right? <laughs> Um, now, in their day and age, they didn't have toilets in their house, right? So they would have bowls in their house for you-know-what, right? And that's what he's saying. There's some bowls for dishonorable use. There's some that you actually eat out of, right? You don't want to eat out of my family's puke bowl. You don't want to eat out of their bowls for you-know-what, right? And so he's saying there's some for dishonorable use, some for honorable. And he says, man, I want to be cleansed from filth so that I can be useful to the Lord, okay? Um, that's what mature, when I'm mature, I'm useful to the Lord. He continues in verse 20, uh, 22, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. People just talking about kind of silly side topics and they're just fighting over things that really don't matter. And so he says the immature person is all in, always involved in foolish and ignorant controversies. Finally, in verse 24, he says, And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And the last, the last sign of maturity there is he corrects with gentleness. I don't, uh, you know, it's not that I don't stand up for truth, but I do it uh, with this, this gentle way. Now, you'll notice on this, this kind of contrast between the mature and immature, the number of things here on this, this immature side that are, all, uh, that are all about words. They quarrel about words, irreverent babble, foolish, ignorant controversy. It's all about what they're speaking about and what's, what they what they're hearing. Remember, you know, kind of that, that key question. What are what are your friends? What are your influences? What are they talking about? Okay. And here you see if, if that's garbage over there, that keeps them in immaturity. Now, uh, for this particular context, some of the things that Paul is Paul is referring to, we get a, a little bit of insight from verse 18 where he says, Who have 
swerve from the truth saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. So what, you, what we see here is there were some people coming into the church um, and spreading this lie that, that Jesus has already returned, the, that the, you know, the Christians have already gone to heaven and you're kind of, kind of left behind. They're, and they're just, uh, it's clearly wrong uh, biblically. I mean, they're arguing over this, this piece of doctrine. Um, and now, in the Bible... I, I do believe there are some really significant pieces of, of doctrine about what we believe that are, that are really big deals, right? Like, for example, I believe we are saved, our sins are paid for by grace through faith, and it's not of my own good works, right? That's a really big doctrinal issue. Now, there's a lot of other things of doctrine, like how many wings do angels have? Do all angels have wings? That if I'm going to debate, uh, debate that with you, that would be kind of like... Silly. Now, you know, they, you know, it's not saying that the Bible doesn't have anything to say about angels and whether or not they have wings. But if I'm going to have this like knockdown, drag out argument with Danny over there about angels and the number of their wings, that would be a little silly. Okay. Um, and and I, I really, I, you know, and, and then in kind of in their Jewish context, um, the you know, is they were they were trying to put a a, a law on everything or a standard on everything, right? You know, for example, you know, the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments is that we're to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, right? We're supposed to, you know, not be engaging in a lot of work on the Sabbath. And they're like, well, what, is, what defines work? And they're like, well, if you walk one mile, it's, anything under a mile is, is not work. But if you walk over a mile, it's work. And so they're, they're arguing over, over, things, uh, over things like that. And Paul, what Paul is saying here, and I hope... Hope what you, what you see here is there are some things that are really big deals. And people are off, I correct, with, with, with gentleness. But I also don't get involved in all these other side conversations and side issues of the day. Instead, what I really care about is Jesus. I mean, just to be really practical in today's world, um, I know there are a lot of opinions out there right now on masks and vaccines and all that sort of stuff. And those, are, those are, can be some really important discussions. I'm not minimizing those discussions. But my main thing, of, and, and Lee and I's main thing, when you come here, and I, our whole staff, is we want you to know about Jesus. I care about you and I have a relationship with you, not based on a mask or a vaccine, but based on do you know Jesus? And if you don't, can I tell you about him? That's the big deal. And if we're like fighting all the time about a lot of side issues, God's like, the big deal is Jesus. And this is what Paul is talking about. Don't divide a church. Timothy, as you are leading a church, right? As you are in, in fellowship with other people, don't divide them and be a part of these other little side conversations. Focus on Jesus and who Jesus is. That's what we are here for. Um, again, as, as we kind of look at this list, right? I, I'm not worried about a lot of these, this side noise that's going on here. I want to correctly handle God's Word. I want to flee from sin, diligently pursuing the Lord. I want to be useful to the Lord. And yeah, when I have to, when I have to correct someone, it's done with this spirit uh, of gentleness, uh, immature people always have this noise in their life 
that's influencing them. And I want you to notice the harm. Notice the problems that come from it. Right? He says in verse 14, charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does not good, but only ruins the hearers. This is the first harm. Second, it says it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Right? I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to have even more sin going on in my life because I'm just part of this irreverent babble. Right? And in 18, it says they're upsetting the faith of some. They're leading them uh, away from the truth. It says, don't have foolish, don't have anything to do with foolish and ignorant confers because they breed more quarrels. They breed more fighting. Um, don't shoot the messenger here, okay? Reading the news this past week, and one of the things that, was, uh, that, ca- that came out in the news this past week uh, was there were a bunch of internal Facebook documents that got released. Now, if you don't know, Facebook is the parent company of Instagram, right? And Facebook, this is their own study. This is not some like Christian right-wing, like crazy person study out there, okay? This was Facebook's own data, okay? And they, they studied the effect of Instagram on teenagers, Okay? And they said they found, particularly among teenage girls who actively engaged, in, who were active participants on Instagram, and they had some definition, I don't know if it was like looking at it 20 or 30 minutes a day of Instagram feeds, that their depression rates were 40% higher for, stu- for teenage girls in particular, and it was, maybe it was like 20% for guys, I don't remember, for teenage girls active, who were actively using Instagram. And that's their data. That's not, that's, again, that's not something that I'm like making up or some like, you know, old, old timers, you know, we're up here being, back in my day, we didn't have Facebook. And blah, 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 blah. No, this is, this is their own data. They see the, the harm that is in it, right? And right here, look at these harms. Ruins the hearers. Lead people into more ungodliness. Man, I'm depressed, and these are the things that I'm going to lead, lead me to. I'm setting the faith of some. I struggle to really trust the Lord. Breed quarrels. I'm fighting with people, disunity of people. And I, I, I want you to see, there are people, like this definition of immaturity, that they're arguing over words, they're engaged in this irreverent, disrespectful babble, filling their minds with mindless noise, arguing over things that just don't matter. And the end leads to pain in the hearers, more sin, more arguments, more problems. I want you at your tables right now. Take, take a couple minutes, talk about this. Can you think of modern examples, foolish inverted controversies, irreverent babble, or quarrels about words? You got uh, two, three minutes, go. Give me, a, give me, a, give me the top three. Give me the top three. Give me, a, give me, a, give me, a, give me a few. Okay, okay. There's a lot of unlike political debates. Again, it's not saying that these things aren't. They may still be important. But am I losing friends over? Can I not have a, a civil discourse with you about it, Ben? Okay, which teams are the best? And, oh my gosh, I, anyway, I'm not even going to mention a sports team because that's going to just cause more eh, in the room. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, church denominations, that's a good one. And you're the last one. Okay, yeah, gossip about, oh man, terrible throw, sorry. 
God's bad, different friends. So, shh. Um, good friend of mine recently uh, came, came to me and our group and said, hey, he could no longer hang out with us. And I was like, dude, what is, what's going on? And so I, uh, I got, got together with him, and we were having lunch, coffee, whatever. And as we were talking, and we sat down for well over an hour, I listened to well over an hour of some of the most ridiculous gossip and conspiracy theories I have ever heard. Okay, I mean, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to humor them, but every right wing super conser- super conspiracy theory about the, this about how the whole world is being run by a group of child kidnappers and abusers secretly causing every world problem and half the world's population is going to die in the next three years. Anyway, I can't even explain any of this. It was so like, oh my goodness, right? And the point is, every one of you would look at him and be like, dude, that's just like, that's, yeah, that's crazy. But he is robbed of joy. He's just angry and fearful. He's losing his friends. He's sad and alone. And you're like, well, how did, he, how did a grown man get there? To be honest, he spends hours a day consuming different YouTube videos and other, social, other things that different social media uh, things propagate. And I guarantee you, if you spent two hours, three, four hours a day listening to the same stuff he's listening to, you would end up with these same conclusions. Because if we are fill our heads with noise and garbage like this, it has a significant impact on our lives. You know, as, as we ask this question, what are my friends and influences talking about? He is engrossed in that world and it has consumed him. And we can really easily say, well, I wouldn't do that. Like, that's just like weird people, right? Like, I don't do that. Man, I'm telling you, it is so pervasive in our world that we don't even see it. Think about what you think is valuable, the way that you dress, what is cool, what is going to make me happy. We are getting noise so much about all of those topics. And they have a significant influence on our life. You know, when I was, let's take the topic of academics. When I was in, uh, when I was in high school, I took the equivalent of five AP classes uh, in my time in high school. Okay, and now I was one of the, I was one of the, I was a nerd, okay, I'll just own it, okay. I was one of the top, top kids in my, in my school. And now maybe there was maybe one or two other AP classes I could have even taken. Like, five AP classes was like what the top person was taking through all four years of high school. And now today, I mean, you guys, you could take like 14 AP classes each year. It's insane the amount of am- amount that you can have. And you are getting this, this message into your head. You better take all these classes. And if you don't take all these classes, then you're not going to be successful in life and you're going to be poor and you're never going to get a good college and blah, 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 blah. Right? That is, that is being screamed at you in your public schools. And I'm not, de- I'm not trying to devalue education. I like education. Yes, study, school is cool, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but think of the way that it robs us of joy and robs us of life. You know, um, Matthew 7 
says this. This is Jesus speaking, and he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. They look nice on the outside, but inside they have this, this, they want to kill you. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? And he's saying, there are people that are going to come and give you false messages. And false prophets, right? We, you know, you might think false prophets, they're going to lead me into some sort of idol worship, right? Who, I don't see anyone doing that. No, you have so many false prophets around you. They're saying, you need to worship academics. You need to worship athletics. You need to worship the way you look, the way you dress, your hairstyles, or all, these, all these sort of things. This is the way to become popular. There are thousands of false prophets all around you that say, worship this, worship this, worship this. Okay? And he says, the way you recognize a false prophet from a true prophet is you see their fruit. What is the fruit of this, the messages that you see around you? You see a bunch of people around you all really that happy and amazing? You see a lot of teens depressed, sad, want to end their life, confused. It's because we have all this noise going on. False prophets. John 10.10 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you would have life and have life abundantly. Man, I, I know for myself, I struggle with this a lot in terms of like popularity when I was in high school, right? This is what everyone's telling you you need to be popular. Whether, how you talk to other people, how you disrespect other people. If you want to be popular, you need to go disrespect everyone else, right? Um, I got those messages. This is the way you need to dress. All these other things. And that comes to this key question. What are my friends and influences talking about? Is that really truth? What's the end result? Look at the fruit of Instagram. We already talked about that. Um, I, uh, I know this is a sensitive topic. And I, I'm not trying to make light of this in any way, shape, or form. If this is something you struggle with, I'd be happy to talk more with you about it later. But I, just, I need to say something uh, really bluntly. And I really care. I hope you know I really care as I say this, okay? Um, you know, this whole transgender thing is really something that has only existed in the last 10 to 15 years. You look at the previous 6,000 years of recorded human history, and it's virtually non-existent. And in any cases that it did exist... And there's plenty of data on this. I'm not trying to make something. Any cases that did exist, 99.9% of those cases that did exist uh, previously were men who thought they were women. The, and then suddenly, in the last 10 to 15 years, there are thousands. I mean, you know, you probably at your public school know plenty of people, that, plenty of especially girls, that now think that they, uh, they're guys. And so I'm not saying that this isn't a real issue or anything like that. But I want you to see the world over the last 10, 15 years has started putting this noise in people's brains. And the end result for a lot of people is pain, mess, and heartache. I was listening to the testimony of a girl this other week who had out all the surgeries because she thought she was a different gender and now she's like, I'm stuck and I can't undo these things. I cut these things off and they don't regrow. And 
I say this not to, I don't want to raise some like big alarm, oh, the whole transgender movement is this great evil, blah, blah, blah. Like, look, I say it to you because I care about you guys. And this is the way our society, the noise of our society is impacting us. And we have to really evaluate that. If we want to move to maturity, right? And we're engaging in all these things that are throwing all this noise in our life. It's going to keep us stuck in little kitty land. Like if all we're doing is watching Dora and, uh, you know, any, what are those other, you know, all those other kid shows, right? Not that Dora's wrong or anything like that, but you're going to be stuck in this immature manner. It's like me, you know, with Bunny Man Bridge, right? Dude, Bunny Man Bridge, this is so cool. You know, I'm t- I'm, that noise is all around me. And so I got to find it out. What's the end result? Divisions, splitting, arguing, turmoil, mess. The end result of me trying to worship the God of popularity, divisions, arguments, turmoil, mess. I'm going to put aside, I'm going to make fun of this friend because I want to be popular over here. That's what our false prophets are teaching you. So, uh, one more table question I want to talk about. Then I'm going to wrap, wrap things up. What are your friends' influences telling you that you should value? When you value those things, how do you feel? Joyful, angry, alone, satisfied. Okay? You got... Two minutes at your table. Talk about that. I know it's a little more serious, deeper question. Love for you to engage. Go. Okay. If I have your attention, please. Um, look, obviously, I, I hope you've heard um, from what I've talked about today uh, that, hey, maybe there are some influences, some noise that I need to cut out of my life, right? Whether that's, you know, di- different media that I consume, maybe a friend, whatever. You probably, um, but I also want to talk for a second just about the positives here. Because I'm not just saying cut something out, Okay. I hope you think you can maybe, if you've all been to like RBC summer camp, right? For the week, we don't allow you to bring your phone and you're, you're separated from a lot of that media. And at the end of that week, right, you have, a, you have a joy. You're like, hey, this is pretty cool. I like this, right? I want you to remember some of the, the positives uh, too. Again, because I'm not just saying cut, cut this out. But I want you to see what God has for us in this. Because he says, look in verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one, as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Rightfully handling the word of truth. As I cut out some of these, these poor influences. And then I love how it says, uh, you know, do your best. I'm, I'm now engaging. I'm, I'm intentionally engaging with God. And in his word. Um, and... Uh, you know, I'm not listening to junk, but really intentionally engaging with His Word. And I don't need to be ashamed. Think about all the things that I'm ashamed of every day. But I instead, I'm diligent in God's Word. I don't need uh, to be ashamed. There's, there's no shame. And that's where one of the things when I'm acting mature, right? It's generally the things that I'm ashamed of are the immature things that I am doing. 
Then he continues and says in verse 21, he's, you know, again, this was the bowl analogy. If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. God has a purpose and plan for you. He wants to use us. But to be, to be that vessel that is useful requires, again, that I've cut out some of the noise and instead I'm listening to God's Word and His truth. God wants, to, God wants us to be mature, not so we can just sit around and be like, yeah, I'm mature now, right? But because He wants to use us. And, and I know for myself, when I'm being useful to the Lord, man, there's an excitement, there's a joy, and there's a life that is found in it. There's a blessing uh, that is blessing uh, that, is, that is there. And man, some of my, all, all my greatest joys in life have been when I'm investing in other people and caring caring for other people, but that starts with me uh, cutting out a lot of the junk and noise. Um, and then in verse 24, man, this is like one of, this has got to be like the most, some of the most practical verses in the whole Bible, right? So practical in our world, especially the world that we're in today. It says, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind, able to teach patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Um, man, in our world today, we love being toxic. We love, whether it's, whether it's on social media, we've, I mean, people say so many things on social media they would never say in real life. I'll, I'll message you the most rude Discord message, but I would never say it to your face. I, if I really want to say something rude, I'll just text it to you, right? We're toxic. And then we're toxic a lot of times in the way, we, you know, in the way people talk to each other. I mean, gentlemen in, in particular, you know, I've sat at enough lunchroom tables. There's a lot of toxicity that's going on there. Girls, you're toxic too, but you like stab people in the back. You don't say it to their face. Um, I mean... <laughs> Just saying. I mean, look. But you know what? This verse, this verse right here, think about this. I don't want to be quarrelsome, but kind. I'm not going to argue with things. How can I be kind to those around me? I want to correct other people with a gentleness. How different would our world look? How different would your high school look if these verses were verses that we put into practice? I mean, regardless, I mean, I'm as, uh, I'm very much a, uh, I hold a lot of unpopular opinions with our society. I'm, I'm, Generally, uh, pro-life believe that God designed marriage to be between one man and one woman. I think gender is the identity you're born with, etc. I hold a lot of unpopular opinions in our society. But what I don't do is I don't go around, I don't go to every protest holding up a sign that says God hates gays or anything like that. That doesn't, that doesn't help. That's, not, that's being quarrelsome. That's not correcting uh, with gentleness. Um, you know, the, like, the people around you, they are real human beings. I know this is radical. The people that you are sending messages to online, they are real human beings. And they are created in the image and likeness of God. And they are loved by the God of the universe. The God of the universe who sent His one and only Son into this world to live a perfect life and die for your sins and for my sins. I'm no different from them. I am a sinner. I am needing. I, I have a, such a huge need for God's grace. I'm, 
I'm messed up. If, I mean, my kids will certainly attest to how messed up I am, right? I need God's grace. And the same God that died for me died for all the other people you see and you interact with. And the grace that he extends to me is the grace he extends to them. And we're, when we're just like, I can just, I can roast you all I want. I can be mean. I can be cruel. I don't care what you think. Man, we're, we're insulting God. Because they're made in the image and likeness of Him. And they're valuable. And I pray, man, instead of filling our mind with junk, that I'd fill my mind, I would meditate on God's truth and what He's done for me. I mean, it's one of the things I love about worship because I'm singing about God's truth and I'm reminding myself of His truth. i got to meditate on that rather than the garbage uh, that's out there. Man, our world, is, our world needs hope. Our world needs Jesus. And if all we're doing is spewing out hate like the rest of the world, no one's going to listen to that. They're just going to think you're full of hate too. And he says, instead, don't be quarrelsome, but kind. Correctly opponent, uh, uh, correcting opponents with gentleness. And then look at the positives of this. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. God wants to liberate them. And when we respond to the world with a kindness, a love, and a gentleness, not an anger, God changes people's hearts. And that's our way we witness. That's the way we are a testimony to those around us. I was, uh, my wife and I, uh, talking this uh, one person the other day, um, who is very much not in my camp of what I normally hold to, and uh, you know, and would hold a lot of the popular world opinions today. She paid us one of the greatest compliments. Said to Abby, and I, you know, you're the only Christian Republican I know and would count as my friend. That's what we're supposed to be. I don't come in and preach everything, Adam. But hey, those conversations, when they come up, I share my opinions. I love those around me. A mature person sees and understands the influences around them. Gets rid of some of the garbage. And instead invests in God's word and God's truth. Not arguing with those around me, but correcting in gentleness. Gentleness.